You are now tuned in to the Windy City Benders Podcast. This is WCBP. All right, it's another edition of the WCB Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. We are back after another little week off. We'll be consistent, I promise. We'll get there. We'll get there. Life is happening, so sometimes you got to take a little bit of a break. Tanner is officially across the country now. <laughs> now nah, I'm like all the way across. I'm just yeah, like, I'm pretty much. Over. Pretty much. I'm closer to Mexico now. Closer to Mexico. So how how was the move, bud? It was good. I mean, drove the entire time, so like 20 hours. It's <laughs> nuts. Over two days, it's fine. Yeah. So you miss you miss beautiful Chicago right now when we just got Absolutely a ton not. of snow. No. <laughs> <laughs> Live by mountains, man. This is the best. Yeah. So. Lots, lots happened in the week and a half or whatever that since we last recorded. Yeah, Hawks uh, did some stuff. Hawks kind of went on a bit of a roll. Uh, again, I have put in no time watching this team lately because uh, for a while they were winning when I wasn't watching. So I figured I let it be, keep the streak going. Then they lose. And then I watch a little bit and they get their ass kicked. And I'm just like, what is going on here? But we'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, so let's talk about you know what? Let's just get right into that now. Let's talk about the record. So they ended up being three, two, and one since we last recorded. Um, last time we talked with you guys, it was the two one Vegas win or win over Vegas. Three, one, and two since we last recorded. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Overtime last night. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My apologies on that. Three, one, and two. Um, so, yeah, they uh, took a big win against Vegas. They took it into Columbus. And, yeah, they, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't, didn't watch. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even you guys, Seth Jones wasn't even playing this game. Yeah, like the uh, first game back in Columbus. COVID protocol. I thought this was gonna be a Boquist revenge game. Honestly, I had the. I mean, that's the that's the typical thing that happens with the Blackhawks, is it not? Like David Camp has been like the Achilles heel of the Hawks when they play the Toronto fucking Maple Leafs, which is like the dumbest thing. But yeah, I don't know. It was so the, uh, the Hawks actually did play pretty well, like for that week. <laughs> It was a four, so it was a four-two win against Columbus. You had goals from DeBrinket. He had twos to put him up at twenty-three on the year. Uh, you had Calvin DeHaan getting on the board for his first of the year. Connor Murphy. The DeHaan uh, goal, that was or that's the one that was uh, Kershaw went flying down the ice to dude. beat up the defenseman and throw it and throw it to the top of the circles where DeHaan just went top shelf with it. It was sick. Kershaw is so fast. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> He's once that kid is able to find his consistency, he is going to be such a good player. Just like, just real quick about him too. Like, I think that the deal is like he's out there, like going balls to the wall all the time, so he doesn't appear too fast sometimes when he has the puck because he's been skating so hard the whole time. And then there's times where you catch him where he's fresh legs and he's and like he's going in a straight line. You're like, fuck, man, Kurashev is fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mark, so that endurance. Yeah, Mark Andre was in the net for this one. Faced uh, twenty six shots, uh, let two in. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, two in. Yes. One was a shorty. One was a shorthanded to Nyquist. <laughs> so was a fucking depressing. 
But yeah, so that was that game. Uh, we're just gonna go through these really quick. Um, loading, loading, loading. Montreal. There you go. In Chicago, it was the Andrew Shaw night. In yeah, Chicago that's right. Too. Lowly Montreal Canadiens seven. They from Stanley Cup final to bottom of the barrel. Yeah, man, that's how you tank when you want. The first overall pick. Tanking for right. Yikes. Um, Man. So 3-2 win. The Hawks get goals from Kubelik. Uh, Kaner on the power play, too. So power play goal, which, whew, let's go. This power play has seemed to disappear lately. Um, and then speaking of Kurashev, he pots probably one of the strangest oh, yeah, uh, game-winning goals in overtime. Uh, wasn't it called back twice? I don't know. I didn't, get chance to, I didn't get to watch the game because that was the day I was like moving a lot yeah. of things. I believe like, that I, the first our, it was called for offside. It was challenged for offsides. And then he gets pushed into the net. Yeah. And the puck just slides in. So well, they, wasn't it challenged for goalie interference or like that it even went in the first place and then it was challenged for being offsides? Yes. Correct. I didn't, I did like forgot about it. And then I saw highlights just come across. Um, on YouTube from the NHL's now NHL stuff. Also, I can't, I can't wait till they come out with the newest like weird NHL volume because I guarantee this is going to be one of those. One hundred percent. Yeah, I love watching those. It's so it's so funny. But I watched it and I was like, "There's no way, like that, that was it." It's like, yeah, man, that's how the game ended. <laughs> it just brings back to to like what we talk. I feel like we talk about this every single year. What is goalie interference? Like, what is the rule? Like, like what? Like, how do they judge this by? I mean, they should just like have me on on call, and I'll let them know. Yeah, no, that's give good. Me a, give me a quick replay, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out. It's super easy, dude. Oh man, but yeah, so. It was a, a must-win game. It sucks it took them to overtime, but the fact that it was an Eastern Conference team, it doesn't hurt them as much. Yeah. I mean, uh, they won, so it works. Then you go to Saturday. They played the Ducks. And the Ducks who were quietly playing very well this year, too. Yeah, they are, though, coming in Chicago, they were going down the wrong direction in the standings. They were – they've been slipping big time. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, their last ten, right? Currently, their last ten, they're three and seven, which by winning uh, their last game. Yeah, kind of more what he expected. Um, it was a tight battle in the first period. Um, Hagel gets on the board in the second to make it one nothing. Then you get goals from Kane and Kubalik again. Kane on the power play from Debrinkin and Taves to make it two nothing. Kubalik, uh, that's the last one to make it three nothing. Mark Andre gets his seventieth career shutout. Hawks win four in a row, and uh-oh, the boys are just, getting hot, baby. It's funny because they're winning these games, and Debrinkit's getting assists, so it's kind of weird because he's only got nine assists on the season, and he had three in the in those two games with two against Anaheim and one against Montreal. And I'm just like, I wonder how many more assists he would have if he wasn't the only one scoring goals. <laughs> like – He's he's good at feeding people. It's just no one else on this team can finish. So you, I, I want to ask you now because we're at the halfway point in the season. I think we're at forty yeah. something games. Yes. I was scrolling through our social media the other day, 
41 games actually exact. So we're halfway so, through. All right. Box. So I was going through our social media the other day, looking for something for what I was looking for, but I found a clip from before September. It was September before the season started. And you made the statement and you gave it your Tanner guarantee. Yeah. DeBrink gets getting 40 goals with 90 points. Yeah. I should have said 50 goals with 90 points. So are, are you still feeling? No, because nobody else can score. Like he would have needed 40 assists with getting 50 goals. He, he can still get 50 goals. I think I just, there's no way he's going to get so 40 assists so when no one can fucking score. So you're confident in the goals, but you're, the points it's like, that's out the window. Yeah. <laughs> he's the only one scoring. I think I, I, I brought it up the fact that in our group chat that like before, like the last few games, like he had scored and I was like, he has tw- like 28% of the goals for the Hawks on the season. So he's right now. Yeah, twenty. Just, he's got twenty-four goals. Hagel's got ten. Kaner's got nine. Kubelit's got nine. Kirby's got six. Tay Strom, and Whistle Borkstrom all have four. Seth Jones with three. Kurashev with three. Murphy with three. McCabe with three. Uh, Kara so with three. There's a total of ninety-six goals the Hawks have scored. And Debrinket has 24 of them. That's nice. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wish that, I like, that's why I keep saying, like, obvious. I think it's obvious that Kane has got something wrong. Like, where there's been, like, rumors about him having, like, an injured wrist. And it's like, I, I mean, it makes sense. Like, he's not scoring. He's got nine goals in 37 games. That's not typically Patrick Kane. He has missed the net a few times though recently too. So I don't know. He's still getting assists like crazy. But it was but funny too in our group chat before because Kane, that's back that was back to back games. Keener had power play goals. Yeah. And we we're like, yeah, we just need Keener just needs one and he's gonna just turn it up. And then the next game, boom, another row. another power play goal. I was like, let's go. <laughs> that's right. Uh to break it's also, I don't know how you want to look at it. He's he's six play six in the league in skulls. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he, he he's he only five ex- behind Ovechkin the, and Kreider for number one. The the funny thing is, though, too, like he's just being consistent and this isn't even him exploding like he can. Ex- there's times where he can just explode for a few multi-goal games in a row. Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he can easily hit 50. I think, yeah, I think he for sure is going to hit your 40 that you predicted. No, I, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what he, he said, he's at 24. He needs 16 in the last half of the season. I don't, I think DeBrinket's just going to finish stronger than he started. The team hopefully is going to start to get a little bit better as they are no longer testing for COVID for asymptomatic players. So maybe a lot of guys not going in and out of the lineup as much. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens when there's like the trade deadline coming around and who. We end up getting rid of. Yeah, we we'll get to that. Yeah, we're gonna get to how, that too. How the team looks with, like, I'm hope. I mean, I'm assuming him and Kane are gonna be fine together. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll get, yeah, there's some interesting rumors that came out about that. We'll get to in a second here. But, um, so yeah, that was three nothing win for four in a row. They had a nice early game in Seattle on Monday. Martin Luther where, King Day. Yeah, Betty White's one um, hundredth birthday. This game, again, I didn't watch because at that point they were on the four-game win streak, so I was like, okay. They not have, a lot to watch. Not a lot to watch. 
Um, but listening to Derek Kane's comments after the game, he was asked, um, so you guys got a point out of this game. How do you, how do you feel about like your team's play? And he goes, well, we're going to hurry up, pack up and get out of here before they change their mind and take that point from us because it was that just garbage out there. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, Hot's route shot 37 to 27. Uh, one for five on the power play. Yikes. Goals from Kubelik and Hagel. Uh, Vince Dunn and Ryan Donato scored. This is, uh, this is also, um, sorry to like cut you off, no, but no. like, like you're starting to see Hagel's getting a little bit more consistency. He's scored, he's been scoring a lot too. That's why he's second on the team in goals. Um, after what he was either out with injury or COVID like earlier. He's been, he's been in and out too. I think it's been injuries. Yeah. I love, fucking love Hagel though. Um, I also just a quick mention on that on the Kubli goal. This game was actually a great defensive play by Gustafson where he sprawled out and laid out and got a poke check off. And then the guy just left the puck while he poke checked it. He stood up and just fed Kubli on a breakaway. It was gorgeous. I was, I was like, there's no way that was, was that it was okay. It was Gustafson. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Gustafson and gorgeous defensive play really doesn't go hand in hand. So yeah, man, that's crazy. But yeah, I think this, I think the Hagel goal is probably just the one where he's just, oh, it, I remember now. It's just, he gets to the front of that. <laughs> That's all he does. <laughs> he gets to the front of that, puck finds him, and he just puts it away. It's it's so great. Said a million times, he's just a better Shaw. Yeah, I think like, so. Yeah. So that was his, another power play goal for him. Keener with another assist on that. Kubelik with an assist. Um, they tied it uh, pretty early on in the third, nothing in overtime. Go to a shootout and the Hawks uh, lose two nothing in the shootouts, so they snap the winning streak at four games, but they keep the point streak alive at five. Uh, again, not a great team or a great game, especially you know considering you're playing against the expansion team who just cannot do anything at this point right now. Like they are just the definition of a new hockey team. What Vegas should have been in theory, yeah. but the growing um, pains of the season. Yeah. They were supposed to play on Tuesday against Edmonton. That game got rescheduled for February in February, I believe. Um, so then nothing going on till Friday and Saturday, back to back games, home and home against Minnesota. Uh, finally, I watched Blackhawk hockey again for like 15 minutes. Um, Yikes! Is this is bad? Three days rest. You think this team would have been more ready, especially playing against a division opponent a division rival yeah who also has been not doing not super hot lately um yeah man i didn't get a chance to watch this game because it but, like i i mentioned before but i since moving out here it's great because i can i got espn plus so i can watch the shit on my phone on my computer i on the tv but for whatever reason this game wasn't broadcast on there and i was like well that sucks <laughs> And then I saw that they got scored on like two or three times, like in the first period. And I was like, well, good thing. I'm not watching this game now. <laughs> yeah. They let up the first goal, th- like just under three minutes into the first Marcus Fligno, um, Ryan Hartman gets two goals. He gets Dude, his net goal like about a minute and a half or so later. Um, and then he scores one more with about three minutes left in the period. Uh, and then they start the second period a little bit better, but about 12 minutes in, you let up another goal 
And then they let up another goal to make it 5 nothing. going into the third. Dylan Strom back in the lineup for the first time since being out with COVID protocol. He gets on the board for his fourth of the season with Kane and Hagel getting the assist, and that was all she wrote. Um, they also, Flurry got pulled, I believe it was after the first period um, in that game. It, he, after he let it in four. Or also it was like I, mid. So I thought I had but After the, the fourth stats. goal. So, yeah, so halfway yeah. through the second period, he gets pulled. And you know what? He's played a lot of hockey. So yeah. that probably, ah, probably that's tough because of the three days rest. Yeah, but still, he's been getting peppered, and he's and every it's you know how they do the belt after each win. It was literally the belt went from him to someone else because he couldn't give it to himself, and then back to him that's the next flirt. win. Yeah. It's basically every time he wins a game, he gets the it's, belt. If he doesn't have the belt, he's getting the belt because he's won them the games. Yeah. It's in, like he just plays insane. Even the Seattle game, like that, what they were even saying, like everybody in the post, like the post game, like conference and stuff, and all that, were like, yeah, that that was a, a Mark Andre was the only reason we got a point was because of Mark Andre. You guys, yeah. we well, had the, no the, business. They would have they would have won the game because the Donato goal, it's a shot that he saves, and then the defense that are coming back just crash into him, and the puck ends up like going in. Like he can't do anything about that. Yeah. Like, it was the same thing. Oh, what? It was another game recently. Oh no! It was Lincoln and was playing. I don't know. There's a lot of times where like the puck's going in because of defensive collapses, and not that Mark Andre is just letting it get past him. And it, it's just like so frustrating to watch sometimes because you're like, this could this should have easily been stopped by before he even got to the net, and you're just like. He stops everything. It's insane. The theme of the team is the theme of the team is just the defensive collapse in the zone around the net. Yeah. Like it's like the amount of times you get count that you got nobody covered in front. You got two defensemen behind the net. You got like just defensemen standing there doing nothing. It's like it's so frustrating because Mark Andre deserves so much better yeah. than what he's getting from this team. And it is it is frustrating. It feels good to just be praised so hard, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they lost that one 5-1. to one. And then yesterday, uh, again, against Minnesota in Minnesota. Um, gets the call. Lincoln gets in the net, which turns out to be costly. But um, st- much better start. Uh, Borstrom gets on the board. Brinkett gets on the board in the power play which was just a beautiful power play, power play goal. Nice little oh, passing yeah. play. Seth Jones just to bring it back door. Oh, Absolutely. it touched like almost every stick besides whoever was standing in front. And I was just yeah. like, at what point? It's kind of just every power play. I'm like, at what point does Debrinket get the shot here? Because as soon as it does get across to him, it's a goal, like automatically. It's insane. He's our old <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I just love how wide open that net was because usually he's just squeaking it through like under the under the blocker, over the shoulder. Like th- that time he just had the entire net to shoot at and he just put it right in the like dead center of like what he had open. It's yeah. just so good. Um, Erickson Eck gets one back on the power play with 30 seconds left in the period, which I that's another thing that this team always, I feel like, the early goals and then like the last minute goals is two yeah. things that they really struggle with. Um, no goals in the second period. Um, Kaprizov gets on the board to tie it up. Uh, that was 
that fucking Caprice off goal. That four minute power play is just horseshit. Like right before they call that penalty, Dabrinka gets clocked in the head with a high hit, like right in this, um, right in the slot. And then I think Taze gets called for like a hook and he's just fucking pissed about it. Furious. Yeah. And so then on his way to the, on his way to the box, he just ends up slamming a stick against the ice and gets an extra two minutes for sportsman like, and the Hawks almost kill off the entire four minute penalty until Kaprizov just gets like a wide open chance. Just fucking horseshit. Just no call. I feel like Dabrinka gets a lot of no calls because of how short he is. Because I've seen yeah. him get hit in that face with high sticks and nobody fucking calls it. And then he gets hit in the head. Nobody fucking calls it. It's just, it's just frustrating. Yeah. Um, so that makes it 2 2. Borstrom with his second of the game uh, makes it 3 2. Uh, that was that goal, too. The Borgstrom goal was a great play by Carpenter. He ended up. Uh, intercepting a pass in the neutral zone and bringing it into the zone. And then they just crashed the net fucking hard. And Borgstrom just ends up like getting a little bit on the puck to put it through Cockinen's legs. Whew. Gotta love that third line grind, man. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, lead didn't hold up, hold up for about five minutes. Kevin Fiala ties, or ties it up with uh, about what, two minutes left in the third. Uh, goes yeah. to overtime and Marcus Foligno gets the overtime winner. Um, less than a minute left in overtime. Um, news that came out of that game: Lankinen goes to the IR uh, for right hand injury. It's anticipated he's going to miss up to three weeks, um, at least. Uh, they didn't say if the, specifically what the injury was, um, but not good for this time of season. Um, I mean, they've been riding Flurry like crazy, so I'm sure he'll just end it's, up playing like 95 percent of the games for the next three weeks. Yeah, but it's like and the the frustrating thing about it, and I know anybody listening to this is probably gonna think I'm crazy, but if this was the time that you needed the full team to make that push to see if you can make, you know, a wild card spot, I think they're officially out of the division race. I I I don't I can't see them catching up in the division at all. Oh yeah. Um, but now you're going into mid February before Lincoln gets back. You got the trade deadline around the corner there. Man, this is the, this is the type of shit that like ruined the season when they started the year with Bowman and Colton. Yeah. Cause if you take that first nine games and you start the year with, um, with, yeah, with, with King and you just take his, basically the Hawks winning percentage from when King started until now, and you use that as the first nine games, the Hawks are going to be near wildcard position territory, but now they're just, they're so far back because of that fucking shit start. To be fair though, they're only seven points back of the last spot. San Jose has got 44 and they hold the last wildcard spot. It's not impossible. They do have, Wait, who does San Jose have games in hand on though? They have no, they game. don't. Hawks do, but yeah, the, there's, there's like Winnipeg, game. Winnipeg, and Dallas and Minnesota. They all oh, have at least like four games, four and three yeah, games. Yeah, so Edmonton's got 37 games played, Winnipeg 38, Dallas 38, Calgary 36. So it's like it's so deceiving looking at the standing and saying, Oh, they're only seven points yeah. back, but then you got these guys who have a ton of games to make up. You know, it's funny is like 
the Islanders only have 34 games played. Yeah, dude, this is such a shit show season for that team. It's just oh, so does Ottawa only 34 games. Like some teams have like nine more games played than them. It's just a, a mess. But yeah, it, it's I just what could what could have happened if the Hawks didn't start the year with the whole shit show going on? Honestly, I don't think anything changes. I mean, they would probably have a few more points. Feel like they'd be not in the discussion of coming in fucking last. They've honestly dug themselves out of like bottom three in the league. They just want to make sure they don't get that first round pick from Columbus. Yeah, right. Hawks are sitting in 24th right now in the league, tied with Columbus, but Columbus has three more games. Um, Jesus. They need a spectacular second half of the season if they want to do anything, and they need other teams to just keep shit in the bed. They have to go on that St. Louis-style run. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But Jesus. And, I mean, like, the Western Conference is still, is, like, so much tighter, though, points-wise than the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference just has tons of points, though. Like, the top teams... I think what is it in the top ten? Like it, they have like seven teams or some shit like that. Only uh, teams in the, the Western Conference in the top ten in the league right now are Colorado, Nashville, and St. Louis. So yeah, there's seven Eastern Conference teams in the top ten in the league right now. Four teams from the Central Division, the top eleven. What a tough division, man. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, so I, mean, I guess we can use that as a transition. You know, we're getting to the point where the trade deadline's coming up. This team is on paper probably going to miss the playoffs, probably an 80% chance right now they're missing the playoffs. Um, unless you look at the the money money puck, I think it's like a 91 point something percent chance the Hawks miss the playoffs right now. Ooh. Um. So you got to start thinking about the trade deadline and yeah. there has been talks that the for sale sign has been put up in the United center parking lot. And this team is ready to start moving assets to collect, you know, they need to get, they need to get a first round pick for next year. They draft picks is probably what they need to do. I mean, I don't, unless they can More prospects, like yes, cool prospects, yeah, some too. prospects, but they're not get, you're not going to get many high end guys. That's going to make a difference for this year. It's going to be guys that's going to come down the road and all that kind of thing. So that's going to be another thing too. Is like you're going to see a lot of names get thrown out there. Well, okay. There was a text, a tweet that went out saying that the reports of the Hawks are open for sale. Everybody on the team is up for grabs with three untouchables. Now, when you hear three untouchables, you would think what? Jones, DeBrinket, and Doc. <laughs> you don't even think Kane? No. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, but when I hear three, I would think Jones, DeBrinket, and Doc. Okay. Well, you are one for three. Um, yeah. Report saying that the only untouchables on the Blackhawks are Taves, Kane, and Jones. Which is funny because I think – they're misinterpreting untouchables with like untradeables. It's like, you can't trade 
Jones and you can't trade Taze. I don't think anybody takes either of those contracts. Like eight more years of Seth Jones at 9.5. I don't like that just doesn't make sense for anybody to be like, yes, this is we're going to trade for him, even though you just acquired him and signed him to this deal. Like that doesn't make any sense. What's what's that guy's name? Frank Cervelli. Yeah, Cervelli or Cervelli. Yeah. So he's the one that that tweeted this out. It just would, it's just weird. Like, I would why think would that he would know the difference of untouchable and untradeable. Right. So that's why I think that's what's the first thing I saw that was like Kyle Davidson's fucking high. Like there is no, like in what world is Alice to bring it? Not number one on your untouchable list. I mean, unless you're getting like five first round picks for him. (laughs) I I wouldn't even do it then. Right. I like I there's right now at his point of his career and the way that he's been going I, there's nothing that I would think I would take for Dabrinkit right now. No. Plus, he's got another year on his deal. And he's still an RFA. And they don't have... They have tons of money that they can use when his deal's up. Like, it's, there's no cap problem with it either. Like, yeah, it makes zero sense. It's not sense. like they're not going to be able to afford him. And it's not like, like, he's literally the like next leader of his fucking team. Like, I don't get it. You have... Kane and Taves coming off the books the same time as Debrinket. I, I think and if you re-sign Taves, no way in hell is he making anywhere near what he's making now. Right. Kane, just, maybe a little bit of a bump, but you can still do Debrinket, like just swap out Taves and Debrinket, you know, yeah. like for that contract link value and all that. I mean, I would go less for Taves still, but. No, but I'm just I'm just saying though. You're like, saying for the ten point five, yeah. Yeah, I just it's just funny, but I kind of see it as like, yeah, we'll listen to offers. Doesn't mean they're going to entertain every offer, you know? Like, oh, like we would love to take Doc. Like who? Like who's going to trade for Doc? Like he's still like he still needs to progress more. It's not like he's going to all of a sudden make a huge impact on a championship team. Like that doesn't so that doesn't make sense to move like it. So nobody's going to be trading for him unless like a bottom team thinks that wants to do like a swap. That doesn't make any sense for anybody. Is there um, a Stan Bowman in the league right now that first round picks that hasn't quite panned out just yet? God, that's no, it's, that's stupid. We're going to get, we have a, we have a segment on doc. So we're going to hold off on that one, but yeah, I just, I understand like entertaining offers and seeing what's out there. Yeah. But Debrinkit's not the guy that you do that. No. That it, makes zero I mean, sense to you, me. You, I, it would be, I think it's funny. Maybe maybe Davidson likes to laugh. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, oh, you, you want to trade for Alex? Okay, what are you thinking about offering? And then just hangs up every time and just laughs. <laughs> like, that's, that's not, no. <laughs> I'm also curious to see, because they say that Kyle Davidson has full reigns, that he's able to make whatever moves he wants. Mm-hmm. How much, though, I feel like saying Kane and Taves are, are untouchables. I think that's just... That's a rocky move saying, yeah. like, oh, like yeah. hey, you need to keep them here. Those guys bring the money. <laughs> I mean, what they had the, the the number one and number two jersey sales for, like, the longest time yeah. in, the, like, in the mid-2010s. It's just, it's so... It just blew my mind seeing saying that then there's thoughts about you know everybody the big question too on the blackhawks is 
where's Mark Andre going to get traded? Who's going to trade for mm-hmm. Mark Andre? Well, like, also, does he want to get traded? So that was another like, thing that came out. Dreger came out saying that there is a understanding in the with Chicago Blackhawk management and Mark Andre Fleury that unless Mark Andre comes up to management and says, "Trade me," he's not going right. anywhere. Yeah, the way it should like, be. Exactly. I mean, he he was contemplating not even coming, but he didn't want to do that to the team that wanted him to come play for them. Like he was done dirty by Vegas, not by the Hawks. And so like, right. why would the Hawks turn around and be like, we really appreciate the fact that you came and played for us this season. We'd like to get rid of you. Yeah. <laughs> like without asking you, like, I, I think that's just like a general courtesy. Like the Hawks, like, I don't know, they could get a first. That'd be great. I would love that. But like, I, just, this guy doesn't need to just keep getting done dirty by the NHL. Like it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Like I'd say just, if he wants to like facilitate a trade for him, like it's kind of like what happened with Keith. Like Keith just wanted to be closer to his kid. And so the Hawks were like, okay, we'll make a, a deal happen. And then I don't know how they got the deal to work in their favor when he only specified a certain area of the, of the nation, but they did. And because it was a battle between two bad GMs. <laughs> That's true. Very so true. it was like, which GM could out, like outsmart the other idiot GM. Jesus, <laughs> which GM is going to outdumb the other one? Yeah. Um, one of the other things I saw with like the trade rumors is like, oh, the Hawks are open to trading Hagel. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? He's on a great deal. He's an RFA. Like that? No way. The guy's second in the goal, uh, second on the team in goals, and he's just probably one of one of the quickly becoming a fan favorite player. Like you said, Nick Shaw. Yeah. And then it also had mentioned that Murphy was available, which I just don't think is possible because he just signed an extension this year. It kicks in next year. Yeah. 4. I just, well, I mean, like it's, it's possible, but like, but that doesn't make sense. It's a very, it's a, it's, it's a very cap friendly trade. So it yeah. could be doable. It's, I just don't see why they would, especially. It's, it's an NHL 12. But, like you just signed this guy to an extension and traded him. So now you get a Blackberry phone taken away at, at the deadline kind of move. <laughs> but here's okay. Now devil's advocate here though. That was all Bowman. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs. And that means only four teams left for you to bet on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers get 56 to one odds on any team. Bet just $5 to get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championship with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit with all your cash whenever you want download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code thpn and get 56 to 1 odds on any nfl team bet just five dollars and win 280 in free bets if your team wins that's promo code thpn for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wage require one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash Slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. It wasn't Davidson that made it. You know, it's like I don't think you call you make that move if you're Davidson and you're not and you're just an interim GM though. Like I feel like you get whoever the GM is going to be, and you start having them build the team and so make after, decisions like that. Like so once so once I understand, the permanent GM I understand, is in place, right? But I this is 
one I'm saying for like this season, since he's still the interim GM, like you don't trade contracts that are from beyond this year, like trade the contracts that are up this season. Cause like you don't that hopefully they have a new GM by the time the re-signing and re-agency comes around that makes these decisions. Oh my God. If they, don't have a, if they don't have a free agent by the time the playoffs or I'm sorry, a GM by the time playoffs are over. Right. They fucked up. I mean, that's when you'll see like teams firing GMs and hiring GMs. So hopefully that's the thing, but like you make these moves that aren't going to matter come the re-sign and like free agent area, because like you get rid of the guys that pretty much weren't going to be on the team anyway for next season. Like the contracts that don't make sense, the contracts that are ending at the end of this year, you don't trade the guys that are like signed for four more years at $4 million and wearing an A on the Jersey. Like that's, so that you're talking, make sense. so essentially you're saying Carpenter, yeah, Lafferty. I would, I, uh, I mean, Lafferty's behind. a weird one, I, but I wouldn't mind moving him. Like he's, uh, uh, he's a very small sample size. I've liked what he's done. Yeah. But yes. So Dahan, Lafferty, Kubalik, even Gus. Strom, Carpenter, uh, Flurry, if he wants to. Gustafson, if that makes sense. Any team would be dumb enough to take him again. I mean, if you have a team that needs an offensive defenseman. See, the like, only, in my opinion, so here's who I think should be untouchable for the Hawks. That it shouldn't even be coming up in trade conversation. Right. Debrinkit. Yep. Uh, Hagel. Yeah. Kirby. I think, I think Lincoln in Lincoln. I mean, goalies are so weird though. It's always are weird. I told you we're going to have Jack Campbell next year. So (laughs) it's not going to matter. But yeah. And like Seth Jones, Seth Jones, I think is, I mean, Jared, Jared Jones. (laughs) I can't believe I found that out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's Jared, Seth Jones. He goes by Seth. Um, Yeah. Those guys are untouchable. There's the guys that you'll listen to offers, but more than likely nothing's going to be good enough to trade. And then there's the guys that are like open, like coming, come and see what you can, what you can do to get them. I'd love to see a trade proposal for Kane. Cause I'm just, cause I just want to see what his value actually is because we have our bias of Kane Oh, like, I yeah. think it should be the next 20 well, years of first round picks well, and all the, your top prospect. That, and like, I, I think the crazy thing too, is like GMs also value Kane a lot higher than a lot of fans do. Cause there's fans that just want to, that's just like, you Kane sucks defensively. Dude, it, like, we said you this don't before. Watch Kane all the yeah, time, it's, it's what we said before. It's the Blackhawks situation. Everybody sees the Blackhawks and all of a sudden, boom, bad, bad team. Everybody sucks. Everybody's brutal on that team. You know, piece of shit, human beings, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, he's, fuck off. He's a point per game player, and he hasn't really scored much this season. The greatest American player in yeah. NHL history. And, and are you kidding not me? Even NHL, in hockey history. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. So like GMs know that he's valued very high, and I'm sure like any team that's like a hater would just be like, "Why would you give up so much for Patrick Kane?" It's like, you know. <laughs> Look at points over the last like 10 years, yeah. like last five years. Kaner's top five. 
This is the it's first, insane. and this is the first year that his his numbers have gone down. And like you said, he's it's probably because he's hurt. And he's and he's still game. point per game. Yeah, he's injured playing a point per game. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. It's fun um, to watch. Another I name that's been another name that's been thrown out there too. Um, slowly, I don't know how serious it is. Uh, Bortstrom. Um, is a name that's been kind of kicked around a little bit, which is another one I'm like, I kind of don't understand because I kind of feel like they were very high on him. But again, that was also Bowman era. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that could make sense. Well, that was another one of those like first round picks that you can get for somewhat cheap and see if it works out. And I'm not mad about it. I just don't think that there's been a fit so far, like super well. I've enjoyed like him playing but it's he's another one of those guys that's just i think interchangeable on those bottom two lines he gets he gets lost in the shuffle i honestly i forgot about him until i saw the two goals he scored last night yeah yeah um another story that came out too dylan strom the alleged asking price is that any team can have him for either a third or fourth round pick which is silly but i mean Whatever, man. You got a guy I think, that I think he I think he's worth more than that, but I don't know. Like it's tough with him. I just wish that he could play like how he did the first season he was here. Half season. Yeah. He's only twenty four. Like, like, like that's what's what's happened. What has happened so like since then? He's twenty four years old. Fifty one points in fifty eight games. And it's just and he's an RFA, so it's like whoever you're getting, like you could at least you could probably get at least a second round, or you should be able to get a second for him. Right. Like <laughs> second round, Hawks eat most of it as much as con- of his contract that they can for the last of the year. And then you go into next year with your your uh RFA rights with him. I don't know why a team maybe who needs like a depth position. A, Dude, he's gonna end up like exploding the second he year. He needs, I mean. I think he will. He is one of those guys that I think as soon as he gets put into a situation where he can consistently play the same position with the same yeah. line, it's gonna. That's what's gonna be the difference for him. Yeah, he keeps getting oh, shuffled in and out of line position and all that. Like that's not gonna work for him. Uh, this team just needs like an identity again. <laughs> I don't know. They need the clear, like, who's going to be the coach, who's going to be the GM. Right now, it's kind of like a odd. Misfits. Try and try and fight your way to the end of the season and maybe get into a playoff spot, but it's weird. Where's the direction of the team? Yeah, and it just it's frustrating because we're not going to know that until, like you said, the new coach comes in, the new GM comes in. And yeah. if it's even more frustrating, I think we said it last episode too, is that we're still probably a year out from fully seeing the identity because you're going to have to go through another season of growing pains of the new coach coming in, putting his thumbprint on this team and, and, and putting his game plan into it and the, the new, new GM new coming GM in. Also putting, putting their the thumbprint pieces. on the team. Yeah, like. I wonder it's a rough... if they're going to end up clearing house or if they're going to end up like shuffling, just doing a mid shuffle around or it's going to be rough. I think we're 
unfortunately in for some rough times in Chicago for hockey again. And yeah. yikes. Buckle him, folks. Yep. Um, last thing I got for the Hawks is back to kind of talked about earlier, Kirby Doc. And I'm calling this segment justice for Kirby because he is getting way too much hate and people are just, people are truly showing their ignorance when it comes to, to hockey and develop player development and, and what to realistically expect from players. He just turned 21 years old, <laughs> just turned 21 years old. And he, got eaten, and he got eaten alive. The Blackhawks did a po- happy birthday pose and he was just getting eaten alive. That's so shitty. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, people are calling him a boss, uh, saying, you know, saying that he's not, he wasn't worth the third round pick that we need to trade him. We need to get rid of him and all this kind of stuff. And listen, we've said this before. And I just, I don't understand what people aren't understanding with it is he is not, they're expecting a Patrick Kane, high goal scorer, high points type of guy. It's not the player he is. It was never going to be the player that he is. He is going to be more of a Jonathan Taves type of player where his defensive game, his two-way game is going to speak for himself. Right. He's going to probably have a couple seasons. Like what was, okay. What is Jonathan Taves? Like what's his average? Uh, Let's see. He was mainly like close to like a 50 to 60 point getter. 54, 69, 68, 76, 57, 48, 68, 66, 58, 58. 60s mainly. 60s, 81. He had, a 70, he had 81. That was a, right before COVID. Like, he's Kirby is going to probably be between a 40 60, and a 60 point guy. I, I mean, he's going to definitely be maybe uh, 50, I think higher 50 than to 70. That. Like, currently, he's underperforming on a team that's underperforming. I mean, he's, he's on par with the team for <laughs> underperforming. Um, I, I think a lot of the time he's getting shit on because of like his decisions to not shoot and people are like, it's not worth it. It's like, I don't know, man. Like he makes a lot of really good passes and a guy, a lot of guys don't finish too. Like he could probably have a lot more assists if guys finished. There was, you know who- there was a couple of times in the, in the game against Minnesota recently where he was stick handle around fucking two defensive guys. And, and there was one play where he literally fed Kublik twice in front of the fucking net and he didn't score. Yeah, and it was, and I was just like, this, this is the type of shit that like he gets shit on for because like he makes all the he makes ice for himself, draws players, dishes it, and then players don't finish, and it's just like you look at the score sheet and he doesn't have points, and everybody's like he's a fucking bust. It's like, all right, man, let's get him some fucking like help. <laughs> like he's he's sick. He's so fucking good. It's just like not translating into points. Kaner went through the same thing where. He was looking every time to make that pass. Like early on in Kaner's career, people had the same complaint about him. Oh, he's just he's he's not great. He's, you know, he's just trying to pass the ball. He's never shooting. He's got all these open shots. Dude, it's a it's a it's a oh, what is it? It you're, is you're a young guy trying to fucking perform in a men's hockey league, and you don't want to piss everybody off and <laughs> feeding them that yeah. they've been playing for fucking eight, ten years. There is so much going against Kirby 
that is just completely unfair. Like he might, I mean, I feel like the, everybody from his draft class have the same thing. I know it's developed a lot better for some other guys in his draft class, but so not only, so let's start with this. He is going to be on his third coach. Yeah. He will be on his third coach who's going to bring in this their third probably playing style and what he's got to learn to do. He has been dealing with, he had to come in and play with that broken wrist injury from World Juniors. After having an amazing playoff after yeah. the bubble, his first season ends short because of COVID. Right. They get tossed into a bubble. He plays great in the playoffs. And then the season doesn't start until after New Year's, but he is going to World Juniors, breaks his fucking wrist, and has a shortened season again. An even so, shorter season. Two, So two COVID-shortened seasons. Doesn't get the fully really get things going. You got this year, missed games for COVID protocol. You've got, then on top of this, another thing too that I think really went against him is that he was forcing the NHL a lot sooner than I think he was. It was, he should have been. Yeah. But it was a situation where he couldn't go play in the AHL. He couldn't go play in Rockford. So he had, it was either go back to the, go back to juniors or play in the NHL. He's dominating juniors. He is a big fish in a small pond in juniors and then just would not do anything for him development wise. So you're kind of force your hand to keep him up in the NHL and you kind of throw him out there. You throw him out there where he has to, you know, essentially uh, swim or sink in the NHL and try to figure it all out there. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he definitely needed more time to like to develop and it should have been in the NHL, but now you're at this point where he's played 120-something games in the NHL, and like, what? Like, there, there's no point in putting him down. He's actually he played 120 games exactly. Yeah, like you can't <laughs> put him down at this point too. And it's like the kid's trying. Like, you can't fault this kid because he's not performing to a high level for all this kind of stuff, but it's like, you have to take into account everything that's gone through in his career so far. And that he was essentially thrown into the situation when he shouldn't have been a complete um, dumpster fire of a team. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Good news out of his draft class. At least he leads in penalty minutes. Let's go Kirby. We, we got, we got the grinder. Let's go. <laughs> Love it. I just, I just, I don't know. I, this kid, I feel, I feel for this kid because he's going to be good and I want it to be on the Blackhawks and yeah. I don't want it to be one of those situations where they give up too soon. They give up too soon or he gives up on this team and he ops tries to get out. Yeah. I think he, he's got a really bright future in the NHL. Like they, I keep saying, like, if you watch, if you really pay attention to these games and like you just watch him skate with the puck, it's, his ability to hold on to the puck and fend off defenders and get into open ice on his own. It's it's there's not many players that can do that. The, the whole finishing aspect is going to come the getting players around him that are going to finish the passes that he gets to them. That'll happen too. It's this season's kind of, I mean, these past three seasons have been kind of really fucking weird. And 
I mean, you can even just look at his first goal he ever scored in the NHL. It went off of his like knee. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was against Marco de Fleury as well. Yeah. Vegas. And, and just like, man, what a, <laughs> what a weird way to start your career and what a weird way it's gone since then. I wonder if he ever gives Mark Andre shit about that. Maybe. I bet he did. <laughs> or Mark Andre is probably just like nice enough. He's like, and just like, it's like, hey, you're you. welcome. You're yeah, welcome you're welcome. <laughs> I'll let you have that own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're like, you're looking to, it's like a perfect example, too, of the, the development that he should have had. You're seeing in Lucas Reichel or Trevor Zegers or Trevor Zegers. Yeah. Zegers was a U.S. porn player that played for the national development team and played a year in college, but then was able to go straight into the AHL where he fucking dominated. Yeah. And that literally helps out. And then, I mean, can you just the hype that comes up when you have a young guy that dominates in the AHL, like what a great way to hype up your fan base though, too. I mean, also he's just insanely good, but it's just yeah it's people if you are if you are on that trade doc or you know get rid of doc docs a bus train shut the fuck up I just mean, shut the fuck up yeah like go play nhl and do it yourself but otherwise just stay out of real life like it takes years for players to develop not fucking minutes so yeah like, give it give it some time Be God, I wish, like i always i always think about like how People were gonna like saying that when Colorado was like playing terribly with Duchesne, Landeskog, and McKinnon after McKinnon was a first overall pick, and they were like, "Yeah, oh, this guy's not gonna be as good as everybody thought he was." He signed a fucking real team-friendly deal and became one easily the best deal in hockey because he's top three player in the league. Oh yeah, easy. I'm not saying Doc's gonna be a top three player. I'm just saying like they take time. <laughs> he. I think McKinney exploded from like 50 points to like 96 the next year or some shit like that. Like, and who knows? It could happen for Doc. It could. He could be a, a big point getter, but I, I think, think realistic like expectation is you penalty kill. He plays power play. He's in all situations type of guy. Like he's going to be more of like a gets laugh. Yeah. He's going to be six, four fucking standing in front of the net, dishing pucks away and putting garbage in the net. Like, He's not going to probably need to be a big shooter. But, I mean, he could. Like, he gets so much fucking ice, man, if he, if he fucking gets the shot down. Like, you know how Taze usually looks guys off on a two-on-one and fucking nips it, like, just above the pad, like, towards the post far side? Yeah. Shit like that. Doc needs to learn that. He's, he can re- literally just become, like, the right-handed Taze. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just think you stop hating on the 21 year old kid. Everybody wants their top three picks to become like fucking Connor McDavid. It's not gonna happen. Him. It's it, yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Like it's frustrating. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's all I got for NHL or Blackhawk talk. Justice for Kirby. I, yeah, I'm it, naming the just, episode just Justice for Kirby. That's fine. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just relax on the on the doc talk. Get the get doc out of your mouth. Um. All right. Real quick, NHL talk. I don't have much written down here. Oh, also, uh, Kara and Stillman are in jury reserve. Oh, now I remember. During the like winning streak, uh, Jakob Galvis 
was playing. Oh yeah. Him and Stillman together were playing real good. Oh yeah, Stillman's gonna be. <laughs> so I'm excited for Dalvis to like give more ice time on the Hawks. Um, however, that happens, like he was solid both defensively and just like with the puck offensively. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Like I'm really happy about that shit, and I really hope he keeps it up because that kid was like a fifth or sixth rounder. He was a seventh rounder. Was he? Um, Jacob Dalvis. Oh, no, fifth round. Sorry, was it okay? Yeah, fifth round. Why did I think seventh round? I don't know. What? What? Wait, which draft was it? Twenty seventeen. Oh, twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He only played three games. He was plus one, but like he got he averaged twenty minutes time on ice. That's that's pretty insane for a kid that he was like one of the most had one of the most ice time in his day de- his debut too. Yeah, he was, like, was second insane. most not, as a defenseman, I think. But it's just like, hell yeah, dude. Like, fucking get it. So hopefully he'll just keep developing because I really like what I saw from him in that three three game sample size. And again, it just shows, like, look at you're gonna let this team develop defensively our prospects. Let them develop. Yeah. Let them develop. I love how they gave Reichel a taste. They gave him a taste. Like mm-hmm. King even I said too. Like when oh, they Slavin, Slavin got a Slavin, yeah. When they even when they send Reichel back down, and they, uh, King was asked about that, and he goes, "There's a plan for this kid." He goes, "This is a marathon; it's not a race." I like that too. He's, yeah, it's they've been doing a good job at like working guys in. I think they uh, like Mitch, Ian Mitchell's gotten some games. Hopefully, Bowden gets a couple games here and there. I think they just called up Wyatt too, so hopefully they just he they gets... brought Kalanuk back in. Uh, I think that's the newest thing that he just got um, activated. Yeah, he did because Stillman's on injured reserve. Yeah, so I hope he gets some time too. Yeah. But, I mean, it's good to work in your options. I like it. Keep it going. (laughs) All right, NHL talk. Yeah. Um, So I got two things written on my list. What about you? Uh, One. I didn't really write anything else. Okay, so what do you got, Oilers? Oilers. Oilers. Oilers Falling. Yeah. Fun fact, fun fact that, yeah. Oh so they're 10 and 0 when they score first this year. Mm-hmm. They've let up the first goal in 15 of the last 16 games. Ooh, nice. <laughs> this team is so Dude, bad. They're, yeah. It's funny. After, like, I'm just, I don't know. Part of me wishes we were like the Oilers when they had like a hot start of the season. And then the other part of me is like, I'm glad we're not the Oilers because it's like you have like the best players in the league and you can't even, you can't, I, I don't understand how their team works. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's really it's fun- so stupid. What's really fucking funny too about this one is like, all this is going on, and everybody knows it's their goaltending. They need a goal. They need a legitimate goalie. They need a legit goalie. Let's bring in Evander Kane. Yeah, and some like you know the like the like that ant that sticker like the the duct tape like extreme duct tape. That's it's like the meme of the guy like the water coming out of the tank, and the guy just slams the sticker. Oh yeah, and the, it was like yeah, the, the flex Oilers, seal. The yeah, flex, flex seal. seal. Going down the standings, and it's like boom, Evander Kane. Like the guy's yeah. like fucking with Evander Kane. Like, let's go out and get a fucking 40 year old goalie. Hell yeah, dude. God. Um, yeah, I just, it's, and then you got 
the reporters asking Leon Dreisaitl why he's so pissy. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a shit show in Edmonton. I, I wouldn't fucking want to talk to that guy at all either. I'd just be like, dude, fuck off. So. They are, they have, I mean, they have two of the top 15 oldest goalies in the league with Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. And Mike Smith still has another year after this. <laughs> yeah, everybody keeps saying they should trade for Flurry. Uh, I mean. What do we get back, Duncan Keith? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we'd have to, they would have to give up a first, but they'd also need to give up cap. I think we talked about this last time too. Like, what else would they do? They just waved Kyle. Sorry. Oh, that feels great. <laughs> they just waved Kyle Duris. Ooh, what if we got Jesse Poole Yarby? <laughs> I wouldn't think they would do that though, too. That'd be really funny. Yesterday, they won their first game. Since December 18th. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like in Seattle? Like or Arizona had more wins since like November 25th in yeah. like Edmonton. Yep. That's crazy. Arizona's got 10 W's. Montreal still only has eight. Yeah, man. Montreal. Also, I think Jake Allen just got hurt in Montreal. So they were like extra fucked. Uh, they have a bunch of goalies too in COVID protocol, I think. No, it's Vancouver. There, what is it? There's only one Canadian team in a playoff spot right now, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks to suck Canada. <laughs> but I don't know. They have a bunch of games in hand because they wouldn't play because they had no fans at the games. So stupid, but whatever. Um, I mean, money and money, man. Right. Uh, another thing too for NHL talk. Uh, Bram Marchant was in one this week. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, going after Col- uh, Cal or Carolina. Yeah, Vinny Trocek and uh, comparing himself to, like a Prius to a Lambo. Yeah, uh, Trocek was they... asked, "Would would you compare your game to Marshawn?" And he goes, um, "Are you calling me a rat?" Mm. And then that's when uh, Marshawn goes, "That's a comparing a Prius to a, a Lamborghini." And then they proceed to get their asses kicked by Carolina. Yeah, and Carolina tweet. Yeah, Carolina tweets out, L is for Lamborghini, and Marshawn goes, you're the reason why we're still paying escrow, like 20% escrow. <laughs> and then Carolina switches their Twitter bio to not the reason we're paying for escrow. <laughs> so fucking Carolina. And then he also, so weird. Marshawn Easton also commented on the dry sidle pissy thing, and he's like, yeah, fans are going to wonder why uh, nobody, what McDavid and dry aren't going to resign in Edmonton. Oh, um, he said that. Then he goes and took the fans' cool, phone. Yeah, took the fans' phone, which was pretty cool. Going on yeah, that, then proceeds to get hurt that game too. It's like, just what a week for Marchant there. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what a just week. The, I mean, I can. I mean, obviously, I could see how like he would be like anybody's favorite player on their home team, hometown team. But like, holy shit, <laughs> he's so easy to hate still too. <laughs> like, every time. He does something that I'm like, oh, oh damn it, fuck. I like him. And then it's like yeah. five step backwards. I'm like, fuck that dude. Well, one of the things that I heard recently too that was like, damn it, I kind of like Marshawn a little bit more. Was it? Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Jimmy Hayes' son. Yeah. And he like goes and hangs out with him like often. And he always, and like his, his son always says uh, that he wants to be like Kevin Hayes or Brad Marshawn like all the time. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> like, 
Why do you gotta go be awesome? Yeah, right. <laughs> Supposed I just I hate you on the ice, I guess. But you're so good. You're such a good person. Um, uh, all right. here's a here's a cool stat that I saw recently with Senators versus Ovechkin. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the career goals, Senators. Every player on their team, all their career goals combined, six hundred twenty-seven. Ovechkin, seven hundred fifty-nine. It's good stuff. He is tied for first in scoring in the NHL. You know what I just remembered? Um, in the Minnesota game yesterday, I don't know why ESPN, when I put it on the ESPN Plus, it, it started with the Minnesota broadcast. I didn't really notice, like, right at the start. And then I noticed as soon as Minnesota scored their first goal, and I was like, oh, wait, what? Because they were celebrating. <laughs> but also, fucking hilarious. The camera pans to the crowd celebrating. And then there's just one Hawks fan just sitting there, like sulking. <laughs> and then it fucking zoomed in on him. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, this is so dirty. <laughs> just fucking immediately switched the broadcast. That's awesome. But yeah, you can find that picture online. It's really fucking funny. Uh, the last thing I kind of really want to talk about too uh, is all the bullshit going on with the with the racist shit. Oh yeah, Jesus. In the AHL and then the ECHL, I'm not gonna get we're not gonna get into it because you know everybody heard about it and all that kind of stuff. It's just this shit is like it's bullshit. This shit's got to stop. It's a reason why people hate this sport and and speak so ill of hockey players and all that kind of stuff. It's this shit needs to stop. Like, there's no room for this in the world in general. But like, it's like it's. It sucks when it hits, comes uh, when hockey gets dragged through this because right. it's like the hockey I know and what I've been around my entire life, it's nothing like that. And yeah, it's like it shouldn't be anywhere near part of the culture, but it, it's fucking like a shitty little crab that's like stuck on it. It's like get it, the fuck off, get it out of yeah, here. It's just absolute fucking bullshit, and this shit needs to stop. And it just it sucks too that there's two incidents of this happening the same week that they retired Willie Willie O'Ree's uh, number in Boston. Yeah, it's fucking it's, ridiculous. It's just so dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Like if if you even if you're a player that like thinks like that, obviously you're a fucking asshole. But like if you're playing in the ECHL or you're playing like semi professional hockey, there's a lot of fucking people at these games. Like what do you what do you think is gonna happen when you do shit like that? Like everybody's gonna see it and be like, that guy's a fucking piece of shit and you shouldn't play on this team anymore. And then you get kicked off the fucking feet. You're enough, you're literally a dumbass. Yeah. Like you're just a piece of shit showing how much of a piece of shit you are to a bunch of people, and then everybody's gonna be like, fuck out of here. Yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. So um be better, fucking be better. That's all I gotta say. That's right. Um, so do you wanna wrap this up or do you wanna do an all-star draft? We can wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I think this one went longer. So yeah, um, yeah. All star games. games coming. Still yeah, coming up. All star games coming up. Uh, a lot of lot of snubs. Um, was very surprised. Nathan McKinnon had some strong words about it, saying that's ridiculous. This whole Nate McKinnon's becoming a little bitch. <laughs> I I know I agree with him though. I don't think I don't think you just everybody deserves an all star. Uh, I mean, it's just to showcase a player from each team. It's not like. Like the, one of the things that I saw was like all-star does not take like, or the hall of fame doesn't take into account like all-star appearances, right? Like the NBA does like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's just a fan event. And if you're a fan of a team that's not playing really well, you still want to cheer for one of your best players. Like, 
okay, sorry that you that ran and didn't get fucking into the game. I mean, Kadri got voted in, but I mean, Roman Yossi got screwed because he's playing yeah. insanely well this year. As I'm saying, like, I just think it's like it should be the best of the best and shouldn't matter who is on what team and all that kind of stuff. But that's yeah, like, that's I, the only thing, it. too. That's they need to figure out. And that's been talked about with the Olympics and all that not right. happening. Is they have to find a way to do a best versus the best competition. The draft was the best, but the guys were getting too hammered on TV. Oh, <laughs> It was the greatest thing. Drunkle Vetchkin was the oh yeah. Take me last. Yeah. Take <laughs> I want to go last. It was like him and him and Phil, right? Uh, no, because Phil got traded during that one. Oh, that's right. For Sagan. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this up here. This is episode one sixty seven. We're calling it Justice for Kirby. Yeah. Be nice to Doc. He's a man. He's the man. Yeah, dude. And you're gonna eat your words. He's he's the future of the Blackhawks. Yes. So. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow the Hockey Podcast Network, Hockey Podnet, uh, social media at WCB Podcast, uh, five-star reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and yeah. Cool. I think that's it. Peace out, Girl Scout. All right, so for Tanner and Jerem, we will we'll see you on the next one. Love you, boys. Bye. The Windy City Benders Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And follow the boys on socials at WCB Podcast. <laughs>